Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, hey, before, while I'm getting all settled and stuff like that this morning, I want to just take a moment and uh, speak to this house. This house is familiar to us. As Pastor Craig said, we, have, we, we come from here. Uh, I've known Pastor Craig for a long time, but we, we do see this place as somewhat of a homecoming. It's weird when, we, when we, you go to a church and you're supposed to be the guest speaker and you're supposed to speak. And it's weird when you don't know people and you're like, you know, okay, sure, no problem. You know, God will give me a word. And I think it's even more weird when you feel like you're coming home. And I feel like, I feel like you know, God's given me a word this morning for us, which is good. But it, it's one of those things where it, there's this, is this expectation expectancy to like impart and give. And I, I feel like already this morning, I've got more than I could ever give you. Uh, and just in being here with you, worshiping with you, um, being encouraged as we walk around uh, before service and, and, and been, been talking to some of you. Uh, it's just, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. Uh, six years ago, we, almost six years ago, we left and it, that was hard. Uh, leaving to, to this new adventure that we didn't really know what we were doing or, or anything, but we didn't go alone. We left with a church behind us, you. Some of you are new, and so you're like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I don't know who you are. Thanks for being behind us. <laughs> really, though, the amount of support, uh, prayer support, your prayer team is incredible. Um, we constantly are being encouraged uh, by the amount of prayer that is lifted up for us and our church, Encounter Church. And here's the reality. It's not just something that, that we understand as, as pastors of Encounter Church. Our whole church family knows who Horizon is. They know the investment that has been made in them. They are so appreciative and their hearts are for you as well. So they were excited. I actually last week told them, you know, I'm going to be gone next week, which doesn't happen very often because we're a pretty small church. And so it's, you know, if we're not there, that's like a good chunk of the setup teardown team. And so I'm like, hope it happened today. I don't, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> but in that, in that, when we left, we, we got to tell them that we're going back to Horizon to preach and, and see everyone. And they were just so excited that we could, you know, that they could send Janice and I back to encourage you the way that we've been encouraged by you. So anyways, thank you. But listen, before, this doesn't count on my time, so I'm not, I have to just pause. I actually didn't know that you two would, would be here this morning, and I'm grateful that you are. I was going to pump your tires with you not being here, um, but now I get to see your face, which that might be harder actually now thinking about it. But I wanted to just pause and thank you for being the two of the two people that you are. You said we met in 2008. Uh, and we met in 2008, we did, at a dad's fest, some church function, whatever. But our lives, my spiritual life was ignited in that year as we started coming to your small group and God was able to do a deep, deep inner healing in us and just begin that process. Uh, and just the, the amount of, work it must have taken <laughs> to 
contend for us and to be with us and to encourage us and to be that we were those people that would stay at their house until after small group until it was like uncomfortable, you know, it was like, okay, well, we're, we're going to bed now. Okay, you can make yourselves comfortable right there on the couch. It's fine. But we were those people. And it, we, we, were, we never felt like we were being shoved out the door. It was always open arms of love and grace and acceptance for us. And we wouldn't be here without you two. You're our safe place. You're our encouragement. And you always, always point us back to Jesus, which is uh, a huge quality. And uh, I aspire to be a leader like you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Can you give a hand to your pastors this morning? Come on. What a great morning. We get to celebrate them. And it's just like, this is awesome. This is really cool. I, we're, we're picking up, I guess, in a series that you're going through Proverbs, Psalms. You're going through some of these books that are speaking to wisdom. And I love this idea of wisdom. Now, you can look at Pastor Craig and say, that guy right there, he's got a lot of wisdom. Wisdom, right? But before I jump into a whole lot this morning, I want to look at a passage of scripture this morning that's going to kind of be the jumping point for what I'm going to speak to today, and then we're going to pray and we're going to get into it. Does that sound good? Good. Okay, well, I'm doing it anyway. So (laughs) Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray this morning. Um, I want to just uh, position our hearts, posture ourselves in a position that says, God, again, we have been going through a series talking about wisdom. We've been going through a whole lot of stuff, hearing from some incredible speakers, all that kind of stuff. But God, we, we ultimately want what you want for us. We want your heart. We want everything that you have for us, everything that you want to build in us, to stir in us, everything that you want to do, that's what we want. So let's, let's do that this morning. Father, we thank you for your heart, for us, for your church, for our city, for our nation. God, we thank you for what you want to speak into us today, God. We just pray that your word would come alive to us this morning. God, that all of those distractions, all of those things that we're thinking about, God, whether they're like relational strains that we're like, there's this tension we're battling with, whether it's I left the oven on, it doesn't matter what it is. We just give them to you right now. We pray that you would speak through the mess of what's in our minds and speak into us, God. Shape us and mold us, we declare, we pray. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, let's get into it this morning. Um, Proverbs 1.7 is the context that I'm jumping out of this morning. My hope, my prayer would be in your pursuit of wisdom, You know, all summer you've been hearing little nuggets of wisdom, which is fantastic. Uh, Like I said, from some incredible speakers. And uh, my heart for you this morning is to just come back to, I guess, one foundational truth. One thing. One simple and sometimes, I guess, one of those things that when it is simple, it becomes hard to put into practice and to, to really go after. But this is it. Like I'm telling you. If everything uh, starts here, then everything kind of falls into line. So if we can come back to this one place, it will be good. And I don't have like, you know, a a whole lot this morning. There's not a whole lot of flash. I'm not going to like sneaky preach attack you or anything like that. You know, you got some of those preachers that are like, boom, all of a sudden it drops and you're like, whoa, mind blown. I can't believe it. None of that. I got no flash. None at all. Okay. I'm going to speak to one truth. 
we're going to say amen, we're going to go, and we're going to put it into practice. That's what we're going to do this morning. Does that sound good? Awesome. Our world, don't know if you know this, but it sees uh, wisdom as purely gaining knowledge, Gaining knowledge, acquiring knowledge. We speak to the wisdom of people who have gone before, generations before, or even the elderly in our, in our communities and in our thing as, as wise because they've had more time to acquire knowledge. Uh, we even see wisdom as a quality of knowledge, right? It's not just what you know, but it's the quality of the knowledge that you know. You have to know the right thing. But listen, the biblical sense of wisdom is more than that. The biblical sense of wisdom, to me, is the acquisition of knowledge for purpose. It's for meaning. The purpose of action. See, faith is is one of these interesting journeys that we embark on. And, And as we embark on this journey of faith, we are required to have wisdom to walk out this thing that I like to call active faith. At Encounter Church, we talk a lot about active faith. We encourage people that it's not just about sitting in a pew or coming to an hour and a half or or however long service on a Sunday. Uh, If there's 167, 166 and a half, depends on how long your service is, um, hours throughout the rest of the week. And faith is, is, is supposed to be lived out actively in all of those moments of life. That's what faith is. And faith, to live active faith, requires wisdom. But, but not just wisdom that our world has to offer. Because there is worldly wisdom. There is that wisdom that we can uh, find and attain in, from our world. But true heavenly wisdom does something. It edifies. And that simply means to build up or encourage but it does that not only for you. I, I, I'm kind of, I guess, at this point where sick and tired. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I'm at this point where I'm like, I, I want to stop telling Christians that it'll be good for you. You know, just join. It'll be so good for you. This God is all for you. And he is. But it's not just about you. God wants to do something in you so that he can do something through you. You are what the world around you needs and what God has for the world around you. So my hope and prayer for you this morning is that I would encourage you to seek wisdom and not just for your own sake, but for the sake of the world around you, those that you would come in contact with. Uh, We live in an information age. That's no secret. If all of a sudden that's new to you, welcome. Um... (laughs) We live in an information age. We live in a time and place where everything, every little bit of information that you would want to know is available at the blink of an eye. It is right there, readily available. This this generation that's raising up right now, they're called Generation Z, which I don't don't really, I'm not really into labels and stuff like that, but Generation Z, and I, you know, had to study Generation Z as I was speaking about, um, speaking to a group of uh, youth pastors not too long ago, and, and, you know, I basically studied my son because he's Generation Z. Um, but as I was looking at it, you know, one of the things that they're known for is that they're a generation of self-learners. Any parents that can just really identify with that? As they seek to know and understand something, 
how something works or whatever, boom, YouTube gets opened up. And they're like, I'm just going to figure it out. And they teach themselves, right? And, and even me, a measly Gen Xer, can you believe it, <laughs> has learned how to pick up YouTube and learn how to do stuff. Mechanics love this, right? Because their cars are just getting brought in with even more problems that they would <laughs> they wouldn't have had if YouTube didn't exist. But in all seriousness, they're just <laughs> there's just there's this idea that like there's information out there, and so I'm just gonna go get it. Like it's there, you know. If I ask Seth, like, hey, do you know about this or whatever, he's like, just Google it, Dad. I'm like, right, right. I have that. I forgot. And, and they just, it, they're teaching themselves uh, with everything that's available to them. And, you know, we think about social media platforms. And I don't even know how many social media platforms there even are anymore. I've lost track. Like, there's just so many. Daniel is a savvy veteran in, in social media, uh, or at least you were. were you're, you've lost it. You've lost your touch. Not, you're not. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention that because that'll come in there and the algorithms and Anyway, <laughs> there's so many social media platforms out there now, but really all they're designed, and I speak to it, but the algorithms are designed to uh, feed you information that you're interested in, that you already know. So I just, just pause and think about this for just a second, if you will, with me. All of the social media platforms that you are on, that you navigate through, that you like see every single day are designed to feed you information that you really already know, but in different ways. And you see those things and they feed you so that you think, wow, this is what the entire world must think, this one common thought. But somebody with a completely different world's perspective on the other side of the spectrum now looks at their feed and it is designed to feed them in what their uh, interested in and is feeding their worldview and their opinions uh, just the same. So think about that just for a second. If you are, are, are anywhere, uh, any bit aware of our culture these days, and I love looking and studying culture and talking about that and looking at it, one of the things that we're seeing is this great divide in between worldviews getting bigger and bigger and bigger creating two opposite sides that are further and further apart. And it's happening in the church. It's happening outside of the church. It's happening in everything. And I'm not talking about politics in particularly. That's definitely one of the things that's lumped up into it. But we're talking about anything from, from any type of worldview. We're seeing that great divide getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It doesn't take any bit of time to just take a little gander outside in our world, at culture, to realize how polarizing opposites are getting further and further apart. But this is what happens, right? And to me, this is what information alone will get you. When information alone is sought, this is what you find you get pushed further and further to the extreme of whatever side you're already on. Just out to the opposites. You know, in our church, not too long ago, we did a series called Living in Between, where we talked about finding that middle ground of where God would want us to land. Because we're not supposed to be 
flippant and off to the extremes of each side of whatever topic that there is. And we went through a bunch of different things and it was fun and interesting, but you can see how even in things like parenting, you know, you were raised one way and you're like, well, I'll never do that with my kids. And so you go the exact opposite, extreme opposite. And then, then your kids that you raised are like, well, I never want to be like my parents. And then it's the opposite again, right? God just says here in the middle is where I'd have you to be. It'd be awesome to see you here. But this is what we see, and this is what information alone will get you. But what does God want? Because ultimately, that's why we are here this morning. That's what we want. And when we're talking about wisdom, that's definitely what we're talking about. What does God want? What does he have for us? What does he want us to seek out and to discover? I love that God wants us to seek and to discover and to find and explore and I love his heart for that. What does he desire for us? I believe that he desires for us to be a godly people that walk in heavenly wisdom. So, so what, is, what does that look like? Proverbs 1.7. Back again to Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Over and over and over again, through Psalms and Proverbs, we see this phrase, the fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. Just a few of those verses, Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs 15, says, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. See, in each of these passages, we're taught that the fear of the Lord is where we'll find, or, or at the very least, I guess, at the very least, we'll find the beginning of the journey in finding true wisdom. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. But what, is, what does that mean, fear of the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? And I'm not going to lie to you, when I was a newer Christian, a little bit of a hard time with this one. And maybe you're in that place today, and that's okay. I had a hard time, and, and I get it, because in church culture, we spend so much time, a great deal of time and energy and everything, talking about the love of God. So it seems counterintuitive to speak now to uh, telling people to fear him, Right? It's a little bit confusing, but this word for fear here in this context, a, a fear of the Lord, doesn't speak to being scared of the Lord. It's not talking about that. I've heard many times uh, when uh, pastors, preachers are talking about this, they, they use an analogy of power tools, which, let's be honest, as soon as power tools are mentioned, I'm on board. I'm like, I'm in, what brand are we talking about? Um, woodworking, metalworking, I'm in. And, it, and they start talking about power tools. And they talk about like, you know, we have to have a healthy uh, respect for, because if not, you know, you can you know, lose some fingers. And I'm like, okay, I understand that with power tools, but I, I don't believe that that's the context here <laughs> for, for what the Lord is saying. And I want to look at that this morning. My understanding of, of this and this analogy that so often gets used, my, my fear would be that people would think that if I miss the mark in any way, 
man, there's just going to be a thunderbolt, a lightning bolt from heaven that's going to smite me or something. And that's not how the Lord works. That's not his heart for us. That's not how he operates. And I loved how even Daniel this morning was talking about the nature of God. I think it was in the huddle. Um, I just love how sitting back, I'm I'm going to go on a tangent. I can't. (laughs) First John, I think, uh, speaks to this. First John 4.18 says this. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. It's not that God wants us to be scared of him, scared of punishment. The word that we're looking at in Psalms and Proverbs that's being translated speaks to about and, and is translated to fear. It speaks of having a, a reverence for God. It speaks of being in awe of God, in knowing who he is, his character, So I think what God wants for us this summer to understand, and I think you're coming close to the end of this series. I'm not really sure, and I find it fitting because at the end of the series is maybe what we'll first put into practice. And I think this is where it begins. But in in this, as we look through this this series of like uh, finding and seeking wisdom, I think what God would want for us to understand is that it all begins with a reverence for him. It all begins in a place where you find yourself so in awe of who he is, in awe of his character, his heart. So how do you gain such a reverence for God? You know, the awe of him really only comes from getting to know who he is, getting to know his heart, his character. You know, we sang this morning incredible songs about who he is. We sang about his faithfulness. We sang about the power of his name. We sang about all these incredible things. And it's hard to sing those songs when you don't actually know that to be him. An awe of him, a reverence of him comes from an understanding of who he is. Get to know who he is. Get to know his character. Get to know how he sees you, how he sees the world around you. Listen, for me, I am in awe of God as creator. As I look around at the world that has been created, and even with the mess of sin that has corrupted it, I still see the beauty of what he's capable of. I'm in awe of the Lord, of his great love for me and others as demonstrated on the cross some 2,000 years ago in which we were able to just take a quick peek back and look at. The cross points to his heart for people that no one, no one would be found out of relationship with him. He made a way where there was no way at all. I'm in awe of him. I'm in awe on the Lord for his incredible grace and mercy as, as I am someone who continues to fall short and yet he still meets me where I'm at and loves me where I'm at. All wisdom that we would want to seek and need to seek to find ourselves in this place of living active lives is first found in this place. In this place, the place of of reverence for God, a place that says, I am in awe of you. 
my Lord. Foundation of all that we're seeking in wisdom comes from this. And this means, this means to put him first. Put him first in your life. This means to position yourself in humility. It's not all about me. It's not all about my desires. This means putting aside desires, hopes, and dreams, and preconceived notions of what life should look like, and all of the things that you have as set plan in your life, putting all of that aside and saying, not what I want, but what you want for me, God. In that place, is where we find the Lord and we find reverence for him. And all the wisdom that we will need is found in that place. Listen, wisdom is knowledge with an action plan. That's the way I see wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge with an action plan. So this is why in Proverbs 1, 7, it continues and says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, our world is so content in, in seeking knowledge and, and just like acquiring knowledge, but man, they don't want no instruction. You know what I mean? It's like, don't tell me what to do. I will figure out what I need to do for myself. Like, you do you and I'll do me, right? Our whole world is built around this idea and we're in control of our own steps and our own plans and, and a plot of life. Like, this is what it all is built around. But God doesn't want that for us. In that place, God says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. God wants to give us instruction. And to me, wisdom is not just the acquisition of information, but also the understanding of what that information is calling us to walk out in life. That's what wisdom is. So when you seek wisdom, understand something. There's going to be a knowledge, an understanding that's going to be gained. But there's also going to be a call to action. And if you don't walk that out, you're not walking in wisdom. So be ready. Be ready to be instructed in what to do. Because wisdom is knowledge with an action plan. So here's your nugget of wisdom this morning. Here's what I want to leave you with this week. Seek the Lord. Spend time in his presence. Do your devotions. When I say that at my church, they just laugh at me because I tell them to do that all the time. Um, and they just know that I'm going to say it. So one of those practical things that like we know we should do, yet seems so difficult. And I'll tell you if, you, if you struggle to do your devotions on a regular basis, I'm gonna tell you the reason why is because it's so important. It's always hard doing the things that are gonna give us the most life. It's always hard. So give yourself to that. Do your devotions. Get to know him. Get to know who he is. Get to know his character his nature, that when you come to Sundays and you sing songs about who he is, that you have this core, right down to your DNA understanding of who God is, not just to the people around you, but to, to you and to the world around you. Let him stir your heart. Let him help you expose himself in a way that you've never experienced him before. 
Allow him to do that in your life. Give him time. So that does mean something. It means putting him first. I highlighted that a little bit earlier, but you need to put him first. Put him first. Put your trust in him. So put him first ahead of your social media feeds even. Can you believe that? So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing that you grab isn't the phone from your nightside table to see what's happened in the world or just to let your mind go blank. You pick up maybe your phone. I am all about digital Bibles. If you're not here, I'm sorry, but I was talking to someone earlier about Bibles and, and how like, you know, the equivalent of somebody shaming me for being digital is like people saying, you should still be using a scroll. Really? I brought my paper Bible just because I didn't want to seem like one of those people, but <laughs> pick up your Bible, open it up, just start praying, worshiping, whatever it is, make him first in your day. And this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to talk about some things, and so I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but I want to talk about some things to get just real practical this morning. Right, because it's so easy to come to church, and the atmosphere is just, just like Holy Spirit, and the worship is incredible, and like you know, it's so easy in these moments to like meet Jesus and just like be encouraged, and then walk out the doors, and you compartmentalize what just happened, and you go back now to the regular life and routine that is your daily life. So let's just get practical this morning, okay? Let's just get real practical. Here's some things that you can do this next week that, that will help you in your pursuit of wisdom, which begins with a reverence for him. Number one, make him first in your day. Before you grab your phone, like I said, you, you spend just a few moments, few moments reading scripture, talking to him, pursuing him. I, I talk to Christians all the time, okay? If this is you, you're not alone. You're like, I can't do devotions in the morning. I just can't. I have to get up so early already, and I got to do this. Listen, that's, that's fine, okay? I don't want to give you a free ticket to do nothing, though, all right? Here's the, here's the idea. To study, to really dig into Scripture, it requires mental capacity, which some of us do not have before coffee kicks in. I get it. Fully understand. And so if that's not you and you don't have time in the morning, leave that for later in the evening or whenever. That's your study, your real dig deep devotional time. But here's the reality of it. He has to be first. It, there's no other way around this. He has to be first. And whatever you put in your hands, whatever you put to your mouth, whatever you do first is what you're putting first in your life. So if you're grabbing your phone off your nightside table, freshly charged, ready for a day in social media, then you're putting social media first. And what you put in is what you're going to get out. So the reality is, is that spend just a few moments, a few moments dedicated, giving yourself to what God has for you. Whether that's spending some time in prayer, where you just say, God, you know, one of the, a daily prayer that I pray that's been like there since, I don't even know, probably like 2008-ish, 9-ish anyways. It just says, God, today, all that I am, all that I ever hope to be is yours. Use me how you see fit. 
That's one of my daily prayers. And that's at the beginning. It just doesn't take long. You know, and then I invite God in the journey of my life and just say, today, come with me. Wherever I go, you know, come with me. Shape me, mold me. Oh, help me through those experiences to not lose faith and to, you know, keep my Christian hat on. All of those things. But I spend just a few moments, at least just a few moments to say, God, I need you. This isn't about me. It's about you and what you want to do in my life today. What you want to do through me today. Make him first. Then two, I want you to go a little bit deeper this next week. As you seek the Lord this week in your devotions, because I told you to, so you're going to, that's just, it's what happens, right? We, we, we speak up here and they just like, okay, I will do that. They do it. As you're doing your devotions this next week and you get to a part where you're seeking Holy Spirit to speak to you, which I hope you do, I want you to spend a few moments submitting your knowledge to him. And what I mean by that is take a few moments to submit the knowledge that you have to Holy Spirit, that you're clinging to, that knowledge. We all have a tendency to, let's say, know things, right? We know things. We are certain of certain things. But maybe God wants to correct how we see some things. And I hope that we're a people, a church, that is always willing to be corrected by Holy Spirit. That's not easy, but man, that is life-giving. When we come to a place that says like, I don't, I don't know if I see the world correctly. I don't know if I see certain subject matter or whatever correctly. So I'm just gonna submit that to you. And if you need to shape how I perceive things, the notions that I have about things, if you need to shape that, I'll give you permission to do that. And sometimes he's like, no, this is bang on. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you're way off. I've been there. And he just wants to correct. A little course correction here and there. So I want, I want to encourage you this week to seek Holy Spirit and ask him if there's any piece of knowledge. You know, in the, in the journey of life thus far, maybe there's been some acquisition of information that's turned into knowledge, but it's not knowledge that is truth. It's not something that he would have for you. And he wants to correct that. Give him opportunity to do that this week. Maybe it's something about yourself. Man, people, I know people, yeah, other people, never me. Yeah, this is a big one for me. I, I believe lies that are said about me. It's so easy for me to do that. Maybe God wants to correct how you see yourself by saying, this is how I see you. You are my child. You are beautiful. You are made for purpose. You can do all things through me who gives you strength. What does he wanna do in your life? What does he wanna change? What does he wanna stir in you? Maybe there's something about him some preconceived notion that you've put into your relationship of God that he's like, that's not actually who I am. That's not my character. That's not my nature. That's not my inclination towards you. And he wants to shift that and change that. Maybe it's just bad knowledge. 
Give them an opportunity to wiggle in there and correct some things that you're seeing incorrectly. To me, this is, I think of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. We, we, we do that so easily, right? We're just like, this is just what I know. And so I'm just gonna lean on this. This is gonna be my crutch. This is what's gonna get me through. This is what, you know, and it's, it's not. Don't lean on that, lean on him. Trust him. So this week, give him an opportunity to correct some things in your life. Stir your heart for what stirs him. See, this is the promise of wisdom that comes, uh, that comes through complete trust in him. As we trust in him, get to know who he is, the knowledge that we gain from him, that's where wisdom is birthed. As you seek him, all of the wisdom that you desire to have, you'll need, you'll have. All that you need will be there. So do you want wisdom? Wisdom that actually brings life and fulfillment. Seek him. His wisdom, wisdom, heavenly wisdom will give you all of that. I wanna just spend a couple moments imagining what this could look like for us. Just a couple seconds, because it's so, it's so good for us to just imagine a future that isn't the same that we're living right now, where there's hope and freedom, where God is at work in our lives. Just imagine what it could be like. For some, that might mean, you know, closing your eyes and bowing your head just to think and ponder. For some, you're like, I can do that with my eyes open, thank you, and that's fine. But just imagine what it would be like for you. Maybe you're in a place right now where you're like, I'm feeling stuck, stuck spiritually, dry spiritually. It's just everything that I'm doing. You're talking about doing your devotions, Adam, and, and listen, like I try and it's just, it's just so hard. I'll tell you the truth, as you seek him, to seek a reverence of him, to get to know his heart, his character. When you seek him with that intentionality, something sparks, something happens in your life. Something gets stirred and set ablaze. So you're looking to see growth and change in your life and find freedom from things, seek him. Imagine what that would be like for you. But what we know to be true is that what happens in you is never meant to stay with you. What happens when you, with you first spills out in here at church. Just, just imagine what it would be like to come to a place as full of people that declare the name of the Lord on Sunday, but also the rest of the day of the week. That when we come together on Sunday, it actually doesn't take song number one, sometimes song number two to get warmed up, but you come in and you're excited and you can't, can't stop sharing testimony of the activity of Jesus in your life because God is up to something in you. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a part of a church? Now I know Horizon and I know that this is not lost on Horizon. I know that this is something that this house knows intimately, but sometimes we lose sight. What would it be like to come to a place like this where everybody is stirred and set ablaze for God. 
to say, I want what he wants. You'll never imagine what happened to me this past week. I led this person to the Lord. I had this spiritual conversation with this person that I never thought would happen. All of those things are worth celebrating, but it happens as we seek the Lord, put him first. And what happens in here is never meant to stay in here either. The best news is that when God sets one ablaze, spills out to the church, and what happens in the church, the community around us experiences. The love of Jesus is known and seen and experienced. People encounter him through people like us that in the quiet of our homes would diligently seek him. Amen. I'm gonna invite Pastor Daniel to come up, but I wanna pray for you as I close this morning. Pray for Horizon Church. And just, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. God, first, I thank you for Horizon Church. Thank you for the heart of these people that would seek you, that would give of themselves sacrificially, that would uh, serve in places, that would uh, fill voids and gaps, that would pray for one another, that would stop each other in the lobby and pray for one another and just do life together. God, I thank you for what you're doing here in this house. But God, I pray for more. And, and, and not just a measly, not just a tidbit, not just a portion, but Ephesians 3.20 more. More than we can ask or think in our wildest dreams. We pray for more. More salvations. More conversations that are centered around you by people that are so far from you but they take one step closer from that conversation. God, we pray for more of that. We pray for more freedom to be uh, felt and experienced in this house. We pray for more healing, God, in physical form, in spiritual and emotional form, God. We pray for your, your touch on this house. And as they seek you this next week with intention to get to know who you are, to gain a greater reverence and awe of you, I pray that they would find you as you promise. In your mighty name we pray. In the name of Jesus. Everyone says this morning, amen. Amen, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.